0: Get ready for an overdose of common sense. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson.
1: How's this for a weird question to start off the show? How long should your sins haunt you? A conservative activist learns that. In his case, it's at least two years. So what he said in private puts him in the public spotlight. I'm sure you've seen the headlines. We've got the tale of Kyle Cashew's racial slurs, and we're going to talk about that in just about 15 minutes. How about this? Are short term loans a bad enough deal that government should crack down on them? We're going to have what's probably an unpopular opinion on that a little bit later on this hour. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for being a part of American Viewpoints. Joining me now, let's talk about your tax money. Curtis Kalin is the communications director with Citizens Against Government Waste, and they just released their new pig book of what they call wasteful spending. Curtis, thanks for the time. I know you guys are busy.
0: Sure, I've always appreciated it.
1: We always get a good laugh, and I know we probably shouldn't, but we get a good laugh when there's something ridiculous that Congress does or the federal government does, and you've compiled these in the Congressional Pig Book. Uh, but in one way, it is funny because it's so silly, but in another way, it's not funny because we're talking about a lot of money here.
0: Oh, yeah, Of course, yeah. I mean, every year it uh, it seems to get more and more ridiculous, actually. Uh, and unfortunately, we're hitting new heights of, uh, of waste here. We had $15.3 billion we found uh, last year. Um, and some absurd examples, kind of like $13.8 million for wild horse management, aquatic plant control, $9 million to uh, quarantine fruit flies, uh, that kind of thing. I mean, it, it is entertaining in a, in a way. It's almost kind of like if you don't laugh, you'll cry.
1: Well, let me ask you about some of those. Like, for instance, you mentioned the the fruit flies, and that's mm-hmm. highlighted in the book. But somebody may say, "Yeah, but Curtis, um, those things can be really destructive. So, isn't there a sure. place, as silly as it sounds, to talk about fruit flies? Isn't there a place for some kind of wildlife management or the federal government to come in and fight these things and quarantine them? I mean, it's it's it is something that helps somebody, right?
0: Right, and that's that's part of the problem, though is that absolutely you're right, there, is, uh, there are places in the federal government for almost all the things that are in the pick book. However, the reason it's an earmark, and that's part of our criteria for why it's an earmark, is that it's money above and beyond what the folks who are in charge of the program, the people who should know how to manage the fruit flies or the salmon or whatever, or the horses, um, it's above and beyond what they wanted in their budget. This is Congress going around any process based on merit and doing it based on their own political convenience or their political favors or who knows what. Um, But this is when Congress supersedes the process and adds more money than the people who run the program even want. uh, That's when it becomes an earmark and that's when it becomes wasteful because it just expands something beyond the bounds of, of even what the folks in the field want.
1: One of the things that I've noticed about every time you put this book out, and you said, what, 27 years now?
0: Mm-hmm. The 27th edition.
1: I've been talking about this on talk radio a long time then. So yeah. uh, here, here's the thing, though, is what I've noticed is that in the macro, we get really upset when we see, you know, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars on a silly thing. But if it's in our district – we're not really mm-hmm. that upset about it because we know the guy or the gal who's getting hired to work on it, or we know the mm-hmm. contractor who's getting the job, and therefore that's just our congressperson bringing home the bacon. I mean, this is the pig book. Right. Aren't they paid mm-hmm. to bring home the bacon?
0: In a political sense, you're right, um, because the political incentive always is to expand, to spend more, to start a new program. Um, to funnel more money, it's always increases are what gets political uh, capital, and you you, you gain political standing by doing that. The problem is is that, again, as I said before, when all 535 members are doing that, um, in the macro sense, you you almost lose the forest for the trees in a sense. Because when you look at it from a 30,000-foot view like we do, you see if every one of these little districts is growing, um, then the whole pie is growing. Um, and frankly, what is needed is members of Congress, and there are a few. There probably aren't as, aren't, aren't as many as there needs to be, but there are a few that have renounced earmarks, and they've told their constituents, look, I'm going to get you the money, but I'm going to get it to you the right way. I'm going to go through the merit-based process. Because guess what? If, if our money, taxpayer money, is important enough to be spent on a program, then it should be, it should easily then pass through a merit-based process and it will receive the money. If it can't, if it can't meet the merit-based process, it shouldn't be getting the money anyway.
1: This is one of those areas where there are offenders on both the Republican and the Democratic side. So what I'm hearing you say, Curtis, is that this is about the process and the culture.
0: One hundred percent. It's about the culture. I mean, our our president here at CAGW likes to say that there um, there are three parties in Washington. Actually, there are Republicans, Democrats, and then there are appropriators, the ones who hand out the money. And frankly, the pig book uh, shows that as well. Every year that Democrats are in charge, they are the biggest offender. And every time Republicans are in charge, they're the biggest offender. And that's the problem: is that um, just switching it back and forth and having your pet project and then my pet project and then you know back and forth forever you're not really solving anything and and all the while the waste continues to go up and up and up
1: the coverage of politics and and the politics itself has almost become a political football i mean this is reality television uh, in, in some ways that we've seen so we talk about huge amounts of money we talk about the the debt that you just referenced but How does this affect my life on a day-to-day basis? Because I think a lot of times we think of these numbers as scorecards or just as a spreadsheet. And, well, Mm -hmm. it's frustrating when that happens, but I'm still making my mortgage. I still have a job. How does it affect us directly?
0: Fundamentally, our principle at CAGW, and I think it's shared by most taxpayers, which is that every taxpayer dollar is sacred. Now, your personal life, um, perhaps, Not directly, but indirectly, in a sense, every dollar that's wasted in the name of something that's important. So, uh, as you said, maybe having, uh, maybe quarantining fruit flies is super important, but every dollar wasted in that effort, in that name, is a dollar not spent on helping someone or on a program that might actually do some good. And that's the problem. When the pie keeps when, when the pie is diverted and money is diverted from other necessary priorities, that's when it starts to affect people's lives, um, people that are affected by these federal programs. And the government is fairly large, and so a lot of people are affected by these programs. And so when money gets diverted, people do feel it in certain constituencies and in certain areas of the country. As the debt continues to grow, we keep paying more on the interest on the debt. So at this point, I think we're in the next couple of years, the interest on the debt we're paying is more than the Defense Department, which is a, the biggest department we've got. So at some point, taxes are going to have to be raised to pay for these things. E- economic growth will be impacted by this big debt and deficit. So in the end, it will come to hit us. It's like a wave that we don't quite see yet or we don't quite feel yet, but that doesn't mean it's not growing and it's not dangerous.
1: Okay, so the pig book is at cagw. dot org. Citizens Against Government Ways. So cagw. dot org. Real quickly, Curtis, what do you want people to do with the information? I mean, it's one thing to read it and get upset, but what mm-hmm. do you, action do you want people to take?
0: Well, first of all, the, the the easier way to get to the pig book directly is just www.pigbook.org. Uh You can go directly there and get straight to the pig book um, with all of our examples, and you can read it. It's fairly easy to read. What you can use this book for is you should be able to confront your representative. Because, it's, as I said before, it's all about the incentives. If the political incentive is to bring home more bacon, then that's what the politician is going to do. Um, but if the incentive is to make government more efficient, to cut the waste, to try to get this debt and deficit under control, if that's the incentive, and you tell your representative, look, I don't want you to bring home the bacon for some specific contingency. I want you to look out for the welfare of the whole country. And I want you to look out for the financial well-being of the country. If that's the incentive, believe me, politicians are very attuned to those incentives, and they will respond to them. Um, And so I think the pig book is something that taxpayers across the country can use to kind of confront their representatives and try to get them or shame them maybe into some fiscal responsibility, which is badly needed in this town.
1: All right, Curtis, appreciate the uh, insight, appreciate the time. Sure, always. Still ahead, actions have consequences. So where is that line between what's fair and what's not? Should what has happened to Kyle Kashuv worry you? We'll talk about that just ahead here on American Viewpoints.
0: It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy. Which is great because busy people can't get pre-diabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test. Because pre-diabetes can be reversed.
1: Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
0: Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. At age 30, Carissa finished her high school diploma.
1: If you're even considering
0: getting your high school diploma,
1: you can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council.